You're listening to season two of By Shawnita, Holiness Series novel, Weighing My Options, Chapter 9. Brianna and Thomas pulled into the driveway. The weather in Alabama was warm, but not as humid as normal for the season. She was excited because just before everyone said their goodbyes, she was able to spend some more quality time with Tony and Julie. Time had changed them all in ways she never expected, but she recognized the love and sincerity they all shared as children. You okay, Brie baby? Thomas placed a gentle hand on her knee. Just thinking about the trip, it is weird how it all worked out. The sweet Julie, Tony, only thing that could have made it better is if La Unique were alive for all of us to get back together. Brianna sniffed. I'm sure the commitment y'all made to lose the weight made her smile in heaven. Her death wasn't in vain. Her life wasn't either. According to that funeral, all those people who shut up from her job, your family should be proud. Thomas squeezed her knee. Yeah, it still feels surreal. She was so young. A wake-up call for real. I received an email from Dr. Karen, and I'm supposed to meet her for an early dinner. Then I'm going to stop by Thin Trackers and sign up. You know I'm not about to lose this money. We can use the winnings to furnish the nursery. Brianna smiled. Thomas smiled back before exiting the car. Brianna followed suit. Thomas carried their luggage into the house. He disappeared in the back for a few moments, then returned to the office where Brianna checked the mail on her desk. His arms circled around her waist. You do know you're more than enough for me, don't you? I'm not going anywhere, even if we never have children. Brianna stiffened in her husband's arms for a moment. He gripped her tighter. I know that, Thomas. He turned her around. Thomas kissed her on the forehead. I like to make sure. Brianna smiled again. I know that, too. I love you, Thomas. That won't change no matter what happens. It also won't stop me from trying. I know. Thomas gave her a quick squeeze. Gonna go wash up, then pick up Tanya from school. She needs our help on a homework project. You up to it? Of course. You know I love helping her. Brianna held in the thigh, waiting in her throat. Resentment tiptoed up and down her spine. It whispered how he didn't need a child with her because he had one with Shavana. I'll be ready once I get back from dinner with the doc. I hope it's good news. Don't forget to email that information to Julie and Tony. Thomas kissed her on the forehead again. I know you won't. I promised them I'd remind you. Two hours after Brianna clicked in, she was showered, changed, and on the way to the country club where all of Thomas's company socialized. If it hadn't been for this place, she wouldn't even know about Dr. Karen. This little girl from Atlanta had done all right. She never finished her life coach training or a bachelor's degree, but she was glad she didn't. Everyone seemed to be a quote-unquote life coach of some kind these days. Trailblazing and trendsetting were more Brianna's speed than being part of the pack. Her associate's degree was more than sufficient to be an organization expert and consultant. Dr. Karen sat at their favorite booth next to the balcony in front of a panoramic view window that opened up the entire club. To the right, you could see the tennis courts, volleyball pit, and play area. Placed on the left side of one of the window set one of the best private golf courses in the state. Grass so green, Emerald studied it for color. No major tournaments held or hosted, but it was still one of the country's top 10 
golf destinations. Scenery, this beautiful had to be the backdrop for something good. Brianna bent over and pecked Dr. Karen on the cheek before she sat across from her. She had a view of the golf course, so what couldn't wait for me to make an appointment? Dr. Karen gave Brianna the worst smile ever. Let's eat first. Brianna crossed her arms. Let's not and say we didn't. What is going on, Karen? We need to run some tests, but the preliminary tests show you have hyperandrogenism as a result of PCOS. Excuse me. Polycystic ovarian syndrome. I need to get you in for some more extensive testing. I didn't see anything about it in your family's medical history, so I can't say for sure, but it may mean you still may have difficulty conceiving even once the weight is lost. Weight gain is one of the symptoms of PCOS. Dr. Karen studied Brianna's face. You're telling me that I have a disorder that made me fat and sterile? Is this some kind of sick, twisted joke? Brianna shook her head. If it is Karen, I'm not laughing. I would never joke about something like this. I wanted to tell you before the nurse called you in to make the appointments for the additional tests we need to run to determine what is happening. We don't talk about faith a lot, Brianna, but now would be a good time to start praying to whoever you believe in because this is serious. Dr. Karen sat back. I've tried everything else. May as well try God. Brianna shook her head. Seems like he would already know about it being God and all. Let's order something. I told the server to wait until I signaled for them to come. Didn't know how you'd take this. You ready to order? Dr. Karen waved. Brianna laughed. Does cake have icing? Dr. Karen chuckled. You're taking this a little too well. I'd be so upset right now. I'm not going to let this make me all crazy. Nothing, Nothing I can I do. do about it right now. So I'll do what I do best. Brianna pulled her phone from her purse. I need to step outside to make a call and I'll be right back. Take your time. Do you want me to order you a salad? Dr. Karen pointed at her favorite seasonal salad at the club, the Summer Strawberry Delight. No, but I will take some mozzarella squares, the pita bread with spinach and artichoke dip, and a peach mango lemonade from the bar. Brianna smiled, then walked out of the dining area before Dr. Karen could protest. Brianna searched for the number to thin trackers on her smartphone. The call icon blinked next to the number of the location where she's scheduled to have her first consultation. A peppy young woman answered the phone. My name is Brianna Owens. I need to cancel my reservation for consultation and guest observation for the meeting tonight. Thank you. Tired seemed too weak to describe how Julie felt. No one told her you need a few days vacation to recover from your vacation when you travel out of town. Next year, when she met Brianna and Tony to take their money, she'd be sure to schedule an extra day to recuperate. Her dad was happy to see his family and even happier to come home. Someone even suggested he start dating again now that all of the children were adults. His response was a grunt and a beer. Julie pulled her favorite brew from its pack in the refrigerator. She was a chip off the old block. Boom, 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 tap. The door rattled. Her footsteps slowed. What the hell? Julie opened this door. Her boyfriend's voice squeezed past the door. She rolled her eyes and sped up a little. What is your problem? You leave for the weekend without telling anyone and get an attitude because I'm banging on your door? 
some nerve on you. Mitt sulked into the room. I told you I was going to my family reunion. I've been home since Tuesday. You were so worried you waited to come bang on my door on Friday? Please. Julie flopped down in the chair closest to the door. That doesn't matter. I know you had better not leave town like that again. You didn't even ask me to go. What, I don't have enough soul for your people? Mitt sat in the chair across from her. Don't be stupid. It wasn't a pleasure trip. My cousin died, you insensitive jerk. Julie drained her bottle. My entire trip consisted of sitting in a room with my cousins and talking about old times and why we have to do something to make sure we aren't the next funeral on the family roster. You can't stop death, Julie. It comes when it comes. Eat, drink, and be merry because you, tomorrow you could die. Mitt disappeared into the kitchen and returned with the bottle of beer. Julie shook her head. This attitude kept her from telling him about her preparations for surgery. He acted as if he wanted her to stay fat. Any decent boyfriend would support their girlfriend losing weight. He did the opposite. I know women in their 80s who've been big boned all their lives, Julie. Don't go messing with perfection. Mitt sat back down. Well, I'm not taking any chances. Me, Tony, and Brianna made a bet, and the one who loses the most weight gets the pot. I'm going to lose weight and get paid to do it. You'll see. My sister even said she'd walk with me. That is something we could all do together. Julie leaned forward. Have you looked in the mirror today? I bet I know how those gap fests in the hotel went. You with a whole lot of drinking and chewing. Don't be ridiculous. You're not going to lose any weight. Your body is built to be curvy. People pay good money for the curves you have naturally. Mitt winked at her. I'm doing this, Mitt. You'll see. I'm not supposed to have creaky knees and back pain this young. Julie shook her head. Mitt's phone buzzed. He checked the screen. I've got to meet the guys. I have a bet for you. Go weigh yourself. Bet you gained weight while you were there bonding about losing weight. Julie rolled her eyes. Mitt stood. He pecked Julie on the cheek. I'll be back later. Pick some beer up for us. I'll bring the movie. Julie nodded. If she opened her mouth, the tears she stuffed down might come back. As soon as she locked the door behind Mitt, she dug out the scale in her linen closet. He had to be wrong. She didn't gain weight on the trip. Her clothes hit the floor. A five-pound weight gain screened up at her from the digital display above her toes. Her clothes found their way back onto her body. Julie sent her sister Caitlin a message to meet her at their favorite buffet spot. The suggestion to hang out was made on the drive back from Atlanta since Caitlin's fiancé had gone out of town for business. Mitt made too much sense. Instead of talking about losing weight while swimming in the hotel's pool or walking around the block, they ate, she drank, and pretended to commit to losing weight. Greens, fried chicken, smothered pork chops, southern-style ham, upside-down cake, red velvet cake, and sweet tea had her name on it. Caitlin returned the text with the time. Julie picked up her purse and dashed out of the door. If she hurried, they could make the early bird discount. Julie waddled through her front door three hours later. Her belly ached from all the food she consumed. Shame and guilt hit her heavier than a ton of bricks. Images from La Uniqua's funeral filled Julie's mind. Tony and Brianna wanted her to lose weight, but it was no use if she couldn't get her mind right. As long as she didn't pick out over the rest of the weekend, she'd be okay. Knock, knock, knock. Julie grunted as she walked to the front door. Mitt was back. 
He stumbled into the room. The guys are pigs. I'm so glad you're back home. Last weekend, I was more sloshed than this and had nowhere to go. You know my mom is back on that in before midnight to respect her house crap. Did you get the beer? Mitt stumbled over to her easy chair. Julie smacked her forehead. I forgot. Your car is in a different parking space. I assumed that meant you made it to the store. Mitt pulled out his phone. He tapped some keys inside. You forgot my beer. Caitlin and I met at our spot. Julie sighed and sat down. We didn't spend much time together at the reunion, so she invited me out to eat. Yeah, you sound real committed to your diet. I need cash for beer, since you forgot to pick it up while you were out dieting. Mitt leaned his head back and held his hand open. Tony and Brianna's words about him echoed in her ears. He wasn't supportive, but he was right a lot. She stuck a $20 bill in his hand. Last time this happened, he didn't come back. A sigh rested on her lips as he walked out of the door. A beer and slice of cheesecake with her name on it waited in the kitchen. Being with Brianna and Julie over the weekend reminded Tony of how much she missed people. From the moment she arrived at her new home office in North Carolina, she followed her plan to protect her heart and name to the letter. The ridicule, media coverage, speculation, gossip, and onslaught of character assassinations against everyone associated with her old church exploded the day she moved. To outsiders, it looked coincidental. Tony knew better. God warned her to leave and not look back. She knew from her experience with Raj, she had to follow her first mind or suffer the consequences. When she looked back on her decision to serve as armor bearer, she ignored that still small voice and a dream to leave the church. Her prophetic gift used to feel like a curse. Now she accepted it. Loneliness seemed a small price to pay for guarding her heart before the reunion. The easy laughter, camaraderie, and company of her cousins forced her to admit she may have overreacted to the fear of being hurt again. Her feet hadn't crossed the threshold of a church since she entered North Carolina. Tony shook her head. Sunday service at the orphanage where she volunteered gave her a sufficient amount of fellowship. Tithing to the organization meant she kept her covenant with God. It didn't have to be a church for the money to be in the storehouse. God knew her heart. His mercy is what kept her name from ever being uttered, typed, or tweeted in association with the scandal that rocked Atlanta as several former leaders exposed the quote-unquote sisterhood circle. The urge for a snack from her stash churned in Tony. Brianna promised to email the information about the weight loss bet website when they left from La Unico's funeral. She opened her email. Her mouth hovered over an unopened message. Before she allowed her cravings to drive her from her seat, she opened it hoping for a distraction. Dread filled every fiber of her being. The name looked familiar, but Tony did not remember the girl's face. They were both brought on as armor bearers for her former pastor at the same time. Line after line of venomous attacks against Tony for deserting the ministry in the time of warfare. By the last paragraph, Tony's tears blinded her. All the accusers received settlements. Most of the media madness died down except for an occasional divisive blogger. So the message caused a cold shiver up her spine. The only reason to contact her would be if something was coming out again and she may be involved. 
Tony stopped by her snack corner on the way to grabbing her prayer journals. The chocolate and chewy nugget filled satisfied candy bar disappeared without leaving a trace of chocolate on her fingertips. Four chocolatey peanut butter king bites slid past her tongue down her throat. One bag of quote-unquote rainbow fruit flavored chews, two packs of quote-unquote juicy fruit chews, and a bag of gourmet jelly beans later, Choni dropped her head into her hands. Brianna hadn't emailed the information about the wage. Maybe she should drop out now and keep her hard-earned money in her pocket or donate it to the orphanage. Tony turned off the light to her office and climbed upstairs to go to sleep. Sunlight flooded through the window onto Tony's face. Regret sat on her tongue as she rolled it over her teeth. Bits of candy fought to keep her from dislodging them from their resting places between her teeth. A dentist appointment and serious tooth cleaning needed to be scheduled. Until then, her electric toothbrush sufficed. It had been at least three months since she benched like last night. It painted a sure path to diabetes if she didn't do something soon. The thought of emailing Brianna a reminder about the wager flitted across her mind. A song from her phone interrupted her thoughts. Becca's face popped up on her smartphone. She clicked talk in a live video of her friend smiled at her. Becca, hey, how's the world's happiest mom? Tony beamed. I'd be better if you called me to tell me what happened at the reunion yesterday, like you promised. Then I woke up early this morning before his first feeding and prayed for you. What is up? Spill it. Becca looked at Tony. Tony sighed. Fine. Don't talk to me about it, but I'll get it out of you eventually. Even if I don't, if God is waking me up before 6 a.m. to pray about it, I know he is working it out. So how was the reunion? Becca's face disappeared for a moment. Seconds later, it reappeared with a head of curly hair on her shoulder. Is that my godson? Tony smiled. He has me wanting to get a cheap flight to Texas. The reunion was fine. The funeral for La Uniqua, uneventful for a price funeral. No one climbing in the coffin, falling out, or claiming she owed them money. I spent a lot of time with Brianna and Julie. We even agreed to do a weight loss challenge, but I don't think I should. Too much going on and about to happen. This isn't a good time. Well, after your funeral isn't a good time either. Didn't you say the doctor said changing your eating habits is this it's like life or death? You need to do this, Tony. Becca kissed the forehead of her baby. You deserve it. I know the last few years have been hard, but beating yourself up isn't working. You, If you keep abusing your body, it will eventually give up and stop fighting back. I hope you enjoyed Weighing My Options, Chapter 9, written and read by Shawnita. Yes, y'all, that's me. Please tell your friends about the podcast and join us next week for chapter 10.